Welcome, everybody, to the Broken Campfire podcast, where video games, TV shows, and whatnot come together into one podcast. I, th- I thought you were going to say come to life. No, no, we. I'm not going to make... I'm not God. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. heavy. Uh, okay. They're, they're still so, fake here, folks. Was that you writing down become God in your uh, notebook? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. He does that all the time. I do that all the time. Uh, we're joined by myself, Andy, then John, Flask, and Greg. No veto this week. He's off in Italy. Shocking, I know, right, everybody? Sleeping in a boat. He loves his Italy. Italy. He really loves Italy. How's everybody doing this week? Decent. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. I agree. Can't complain. Can't complain. And well, what a week it's been. Playing, but who's going to listen? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you're right, buddy. New Year's happened. Uh, everybody's back to work. If you are, have a job where you had the luxury of taking some time off, sorry, bud. The real world has begun. It's 2024. First pod of 2024. And what a year it will be. It's crazy. I don't know what that means. What a year. Hopefully. Maybe. We have a long list of news. Um, we may even get eventually to talking about what games are going to be coming out in 2024, what you should expect. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. For now, let's ease into some nice chill roundtables from the crew. I'm sure no everybody's been busy the last week. I mean, we had a, a couple of holidays, plenty of time to game. <laughs> John? Sure. We'll start with you. Oh, boy. What have we been doing? What have you been doing the last week or so? It's the question, right? It's the question you ask yourself. What have you been doing, you know? But no, no, that's the question we ask you right now. Oh. You're Um, on the spot, bud. Well, the answer is not much, you know. Yikes. I think we already talked about it. We started playing Valheim again. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just one of those things that happens, you know. And that's an ongoing uh, thing. I mean, I guess we can talk about it a little bit. It's crazy. Don't get me wrong. What is there, the the base content, you know, the vanilla game, certainly already worth the, the asking price. So I don't even know what it costs. But I know it's, it's not that much. So they already got that covered, right? But it is astounding to see... How much more content the modders put out, and how much the quality is better uh, than than the official updates. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty nutty. I mean, the game has been out for. I mean, it's been over a year. It's going on. I think it's going to be the second year, right? And uh, I mean, we've gotten I think two two and a half major updates or something. Majors kind of in quotations. Uh, and the stuff the modders are doing is just insane. I mean, they're adding, you know, more enemies than we get with an update. You know, dozens of different like armor types. Uh, I mean, just some of the stuff they add is just completely insane. Um, I mean, that's very much reminiscent to me of like Minecraft, where the the official updates would always be like okay, but the modding updates would be like there's like 150 new things to do, <laughs> and we're adding more every day. 
Yeah, see, I'm not as familiar with Minecraft. Maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's just, uh, maybe it just seems easier to, or it is easier to make the, the foundation of the game, which I guess, you know, the official devs are doing, and then making the other stuff is easier. I don't know, but it's it's a shame, because it could, it could be, I don't know. Seems like be a better, pattern, though, that you see with these types of games. Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, Greg, Andy, you guys are silent. You've been playing. What do you guys have anything to say? Uh, honestly, I don't really want to comment much on the current run that we have going on just because I, I, I was there the first day or two, and you guys have really took off with a lot more mods and sense. Um, I think that the stuff that I've seen you guys do is really interesting, though. I well, I mean, I don't even think in. it's... I don't think it's any different from what we played before. I mean, even just, you know, the class mods we were talking about, I mean... For sure, yeah. Those I mean, it, stuff that just blow out, you know, it's in the game already. Those look, are just like two, you know, I don't want to call them small, but you know, just two kind of throwaway mods. Look, I think I think this conversation is eventually going to get to um, asking questions like, is it okay that Valheim is taking this long to develop? So first off, like, I got my money's worth for the game, right? Right. Yeah, I got my money's worth for the game. Sorry, I'm pulling up my dog. I have some notes. I got my money's worth for the game, but it's the first like couple weeks they released a roadmap that told us that the game would be released X Y Z like within a year, basically. I think maybe maybe a year and a half, but it was like every six months we're gonna get a new biome until the game's released, and that seemed plausible based on the wealth of content that the game came out with, but. It's just been insane how long it's taking to come out. And well, they so, did quickly retract that. They did. And then, to be fair, they did. Um, but even, I think even they did have like an updated timeline and they haven't met that. I don't know. It just seems to be a thing with these. I mean, and like I said, I don't know how many developers they have. I don't develop games. I don't know. But I mean, I can think of at least half a dozen, you know, Steam-specific early access games that, that are like this. I mean, you got Zomboid. You got... Uh, it was Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, it was in Terraria and Early Access for like fucking five years or something. I would give Dwarf Fortress a pass. I, I don't give it a pass. I don't think. I know yeah, you I like wouldn't. the game. I don't give it a pass. Why not? The game, the uh, game it's never still claimed in early it was, access, right? I mean, it's still... no, it's not. It never claimed it. No, it never claimed it was an early access. Dwarf Fortress was released as a game in like 2005, and then they just kept adding to it. The it was early, never early access, access on Steam. It was uh, mm. pending pending the graphics overhaul, um, which was not a feature ever promised in that game, and is in fact something they said they would never do until they decided to release it on Steam. But then, I mean, pretty quickly it, it came out into 1.0 with that graphics overhaul. It's in over 1.0 right now. It has been for over a year. I mean, I don't. I think it kind of split in hairs because it wasn't in official early access. I mean, in 12 well, and whatever, like, it was the still game a had game been... you could buy that wasn't complete, right? Like. So it was early access without calling us. I mean, because it was before early access was a thing on Steam, but like, still had that model, right? Like, you bought a game that they were working on. I think it's different because, like, I mean, yeah, you bought a game they were working on, but it's no different than like buying a 1.0 game where you can expect there to be updates. I don't think. I mean, there was never a point where they they were saying these are the features they're going to be feature complete. And then kept edging those away or further and further and further uh, until like 13 years in development when they said, okay, we'll call it 1.0 when we redo the graphic. 
I guess. I mean, I'm not, you know, but, but, I don't play and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into argument, but 13 years like, is a really long time to just be like, all right, we're not done yet. Like, but it's just a game they keep making because people keep giving them money to make it. Like, it's a forever game, not in the sense that it's like, it's just still lucrative for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, then why they were still developing. It at a 1.0 like 10 years ago and then just keep developing the game. Why not? They, they did. Release it? I mean, when, when they released this game, early access wouldn't even be a thing that we would understand for another 10 years. Like, they, they the early access of the game was the overhaul of the game to 2020 graphic sensibilities. It's basically like a remake of the game or in, in a graphical sense. You know what I mean? So it was a complete game that then they released that complete game on Steam, calling it Early Access because they knew that more people would be interested in it once the graphics of it came out. Then the graphics of it came out like a year later. I don't know. It, um, it, I, I think I, that's a completely different conversation than something like Valheim where you on day one that the game has come out, here's the feature, the biomes. And then they just keep edging those out uh, and stringing you along. And stringing you along is even like, I think, well, I think a harsh yeah, that's term. a loaded word. I don't think that's fair at all. Cause, yeah, like yeah, I said, I, I mean, they've it's a loaded word. It's just first word that came to my mind. I, you know, like I said, I got my money's worth on day one, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I don't think it's the same zip code at all. I think Dwarf Fortress is completely so. You, I think we can agree to disagree. I think for me that, I mean, like you said, it's been less than two years from Valheim, and they never actually said like, "Hey, we're going to have all this stuff in a year," right? I mean, it's not like they're... Like I said, I don't think they're well, stringing they did, anybody the along at all. Out. They did say that's that when the game came well, out. Well, it did, but with, within the very... Well, I'm, we can look it up, but I'm sure in the, within the first week of that roadmap, they said, hey, we've sold too many copies and the scope of the game is getting bigger. It wasn't like a year later, they were like, guys, we're having trouble. That was like within the first week of the game coming no, out. No, you're right. I, I'm not saying otherwise. Uh, and I, like I said, you know, it's it's been two years compared to some of these other games. You know, I, I, I threw Zomboid in there. I think Terraria. I'm. You don't think Dwarf Fortress? I still kind of do. It was 13 years. That's a long fucking time to keep telling people. I need to get this thought, and I'm going to explode. But John, it's still like. Yeah, let's just defer to Flask. I think me and you're just going to keep going back for a minute. Well, I just I, I do I do think you said it well, Andy, at the point about like okay. So my my one line thing was like I think the distinction is not striving towards an ex expectation. You're just you re you've released a game and you keep iterating on it. And I think the the like the early access label has developed a sort of stigma where like the expectation for early access releases specifically is that you're releasing an unfinished game. But I don't think that was ever the thought with Dwarf Fortress. I think the thought was like, we could stop developing Dwarf Fortress at any, any time here and the game would be re released technically, you know? But because we I, want I to, you're saying, we just keep like, de developing more stuff for it. I think a reason for that is because Dwarf Fortress doesn't have like an end, right? Like you can't, as far as I know, you can't beat it. So like, yeah, I'm sure that if you could well, beat like it, they would have had an end exactly right but i'm saying if you could beat it i'm sure they would have had an ending made earlier on i mean like i said if they would have released valheim right now as it was or when it came out and they said this is a complete game i would have accepted that the fact that they're adding on doesn't seem much different than them adding on to door fortress to me yeah i i actually agree with that i don't think that it's like um i think that all the stuff post what like even I played is sort of 
additional content. So that's how I see it. Either way, I'm just saying I like Valheim. Still a good game. But uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a thing where it should be. Uh, yeah, Bethesda's been doing it a little bit. I don't know how it actually works out. You know, they should be hiring some of these modders. Uh, they're, I don't know. They're more capable, uh, more, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, motivated, maybe? The only issue uh, with that might be, like, I think I think maybe this happened with Minecraft at points, but, like, they would hire... The problem would be hiring modders and then the uh, the limitations of being actually part of the real development company are much greater because like the modders can just do whatever they want, you know? Um, right. You can, yeah, so it gives them that freedom some insane thing at the trade off of not sure, having, yeah. you know, uh, financial backing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's no easy solution. It's just a, a bummer to see a good game that could be, you know, better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only, the only reason I brought up the development and how long, that's taking was just to say that I do really appreciate those mods you brought up, the class mods and stuff, because it seems like the modding community is outpacing the active development of the game and creating genuine cool content to play around with. Um, and, and pretty yeah, massive I mean, changes to the system. So, you know, I, I like that there's an active modding community. Well, I mean, it's, it's even, for, you know, one of the mods that we downloaded, and it's not like a new mod, but I mean, it adds, you know, things to the, the, the two empty biomes in the game, uh, which is supposed to be the next official, like, update. So it's like, yeah, modders have already, they have already done past what, what the, the official stuff is doing already. And I think they're just going to keep blowing past it. I think so. I, I think Valheim will probably be released eventually. I mean, at the current pace, like five years, maybe, honestly, something crazy like that. I don't think so. If I had to put a bet, I'm going to say early 2025. I mean, as far as I know, they they have to do this fire biome. They have to do the, the deep north. And then I believe there's just one. I think one they're going to an ocean biome there's, as yeah, well. There's the deep north and the um, fire biome. Or there's deep, well, deep, north, and the the next Sorry, deep north and the ocean, but the reason why I say like five years because the the first biome took like a year, and then this biome is looking to take somewhere around a year and a half to come out. Uh, despite them saying, "Hey, sorry, the first biome took a year to come out," uh, but we were building all the systems that'll make content generation easier. It actually took longer the next time. I, I don't know. I mean. I, I don't think it's realistic to expect, at, at least unless they tone down the vision of what they want to do with those biomes, I don't think it's realistic to expect the other two biomes to be done at that current pace in a year. Hopefully, I will bet, hopefully I will they, bet uh, my current half of the King of Keeley trophy, it will be out in the first half of 2025. I'm willing to bet that by 2025, we won't even have a release date. All right, deal. You hard to hear first, folks. King of Keeley half is up for bet. Damn, that's a low value. Yes, someone who doesn't have any of them. <laughs> that's Valheim, right? I'd like to vote my away. veto brain on this one as well, then. Oh, yeah? <laughs> where are you, where, where, what's your bet? Where are you putting yeah, your bet? Yeah, we I think the game's just going to get canceled. You're crazy. That's, that's why crazy it's a veto brain vote. That's fair. Fair. Okay. Oh, right. You got me back. All right. 
All right, it's Valheim. That's what I've been doing. Cool. Just Valheim? Valheim's cool. Yeah, like pretty Valheim. much. Okay. I wish we uh I wish Kurt would tone it down and pump the brakes a little bit and stop adding mods every other day. Yeah, he's been going hard. Uh real hard. But other than that, cool. Mod nut. Uh we'll move on to me. What have I been doing the last week or so? I've been playing what? and finished Alan Wake Remaster. Oh. Oh yeah. Go yeah. on. Uh so I already told my buds what I think of this game. I think it was a uh, good game. And this is the second time I replayed it. Or, sorry, second time I played it. My first replay since the 360 days. But at this time, I guess it's um, maybe not a fair 100% Apples to Apples because I'm playing on the um, remastered Awakened or Alan Wake remastered. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was called Awakened, but it's not. Um, Al Awakened. Al Awakened. I really enjoyed the game. I recommend it to my friends to play, especially the friends who I've uh, conned into watching Twin Peaks. Because I think that if you played it back in the day, you probably missed like half of the jokes in the game. But at least the visual gags and a lot of like the set pieces are, are very much just, hey, it's Twin Peaks. And that's fine. I mean, I'm a big fan of that, so I like that. I did make it feel a little bit less special in the sense that like, oh, now I see what they did. They just... <laughs> uh, took Twin Peaks and did their own thing in it, which is fine, but it, you know, makes it feel as an adult, maybe a little less original than it did as a kid. That being said, writing is sharp, um, fun, um, engaging throughout. The really big down is the gameplay. I think the remastered version did a great job of smarting up the gameplay somewhat to current day sensibilities by allowing you to be more mobile that kind of thing but ultimately like by the end of the game i mean it, by like chapter two you're pretty much trying to run past every encounter and that and that's kind of encouraging the game like you're not supposed to kill everybody just to get through it just because the game combat is a slog in that game that's not a new save no all shadows must die for that reason the first dlc to the game the signal I thought was really bad. I don't remember having that take as a kid, but um, it was a mostly gameplay combat oriented thing uh, that didn't do a whole lot of cool, interesting things in the combat, which is kind of like a lot of like annoying fights throughout lasted for like 45 minutes. Um, conversely though, I think the gameplay took a sharp uptick in the second DLC, the final feature for Alan Wake Remaster, um, the writer. <laughs> Th that the DLC one, the had a lot words? of... Yeah, yeah, floating words. That was new to that DLC. Um, it had some cool light puzzles. It had some cool words, uh, puzzles like... Or puzzles. It had some cool environmental things combining the words with the light, like uh, crowded enemies around a word that says boom or bang, and then you light up the word and it uh, craze a flashbang. There's some cool stuff like that that I really appreciate on the second DLC. I kind of wish they had figured it out earlier, because I think Alan Wake 1 would have been a way better game if they went into it with the same sensibilities that they did in the second DLC, but of course, you know, they needed to they needed to make Alan Wake to learn how to make better Alan Wake. Overall, I recommend it, especially if you're a fan of shows like Twin Peaks. Remind me, in the writer, is the world also sort of like falling apart? You get that impression 
things yeah. are coming unraveled. Yeah. Um, for sure. The reason I ask is because like, I feel like that was a warm up for what happens in quantum break where time starts coming unraveled and things are all crazy. So I feel like all of their, all of remedies uh, works like iterate on one another. Yeah. I think that's totally fair to say. I've moved on now to control. Um, really enjoying it. Obviously we've had a, we had like a two and a half hour long podcast where we shared our thoughts and control. So I won't waste any more time doing that now, but obviously you should play control if you haven't. All this building to me, eventually playing Alan Wake 2. I also started a, a replay of control in anticipation of Alan Wake 2. Oh yeah. Were you I'm pretty early on still. I just, you know, I was going to replay it before, uh, yeah. Before AW2. I got kind of a leg up on you. Um, you you remember I started control some time ago. I didn't really yes. get very far, just kind of like past the tutorial, and I got it like the first two or three powers. Uh, I was able to pick that save right back up, fortunately. So okay, and uh, it still felt you were like right back in it. Yeah, I like looked around at the files for a minute, and I kind of like it's like okay, I I I pretty much remember everything to this point. Maybe I forget one or two little details. I'll, I'll figure it out. I was mm-hmm. um, I was like on the mission before you go and um, try to find your brother in content in the container zone. Okay. For context. So I don't, I don't think that's very far into the game. Maybe like five or six hours. Maybe. I did actually get to the first DLC content that I, I think I've been spying a couple little things here and there. And I'm like, I think that's new, but, I got to the first genuine, just new content for me. Uh, was not a big fan of it. I don't know which content pack it was, um, but it's not like a story content. It adds the jukebox, which adds you put a token in the jukebox and you go to basically these raid levels where you have to like go oh, and kill yeah. a lot of enemies. And it's like, a, I mean, I like the gameplay and control a lot, but like, I don't like it aimlessly. Like, I don't like it enough to, like, want to, you know, spend a bunch of hours just doing that without working to something, you know? I think we knew that that first DLC was a, like, a wave uh, combat thing yeah. or some sort yeah. you know, a combat DLC. And then the next, were there three? The next one or two um, were, were more right story focused. There's at least two story DLCs, right? Because isn't there... Am I crazy? Is there one that focuses on Darling and then one focuses on Alan Wake? I, I don't know. I haven't played them, but I don't know I'm, either. Uh, and I and I it's haven't seen the should... introduction in my game yet. Okay, it's funny you should mention that though, because you just said that the first Alan Wake uh, DLC was combat focused. So apparently they like that. <laughs> apparently they like that, but I mean, it's a little bit different because it wasn't like first Alan Wake DLC did have a story. Like you were still, yes, yeah, yeah. But this this control DLC looks like you can happily ignore it if you so choose, and not really miss out on anything other than uh, some unique weapon mods and some other upgrades. Probably that's what I thought. That's what I hoped. I think that's about it for me for the last week or so. Let's move on next to Mister Greg. Over to me. Hello. Hello. What have you been up to the last week or so? Not really that much. Um, oh. play, I'm playing a little Hogwarts Legacy still. That's mm-hmm. going well, I guess. Nice. Um, Wizarding. I, 
I'm wizarding. It's uh, it's fall now, I guess. Uh, there's pumpkins all about. I haven't learned any dark magic yet. I'm a little annoyed. I want the dark magic, but uh, it's cool. It's a cool game. Cool vibe game. Uh, me. I got Andy and Vito a little bit to play uh the Escapist too. Yeah. Uh, me and Andy have escaped the the first prison. And, uh, we also escaped a, a Wild West train. Oh, yeah, we did do that. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what you think? I'm enjoying it. I mean, um, the game is simple. You know, it is what it is. It's a simple little simulation of a prison thing. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I've, I feel like so far I, I've kept busy. So far, it's been the experience of I'm kind of just doing my own thing, and then you figure out the plan and I'm helping you. But I think hopefully it'll be... Hopefully, I'll be contributing more as I as I learn a little bit more. Fun little game. Yeah, this prison we have uh this prison we're in now is like a uh in the middle of the desert, and I really don't remember how to like get out. Been uh pretty pretty cool. I'm uh, yeah. I've been having a lot of fun fun with it. I I'm confused sometimes <laughs> by like how the world works. Like in this desert prison we're in, if I beat the shit out of a cop, I just get. Uh, they they hit me. I get thrown in to bed, and then I'm out. Like I don't seem to ever go to solitary. It but depend- you went to solitary at de- some point. I've been to solitary a few times. It, and, it depends on like, um, yeah. I was in. I've been. I was when we first started that one. Uh, I missed roll call, and they threw me in solitary because of that. Right. Right. Uh, I just think it depends on like what you do. Maybe uh, you were able to sneak away, and they didn't know you beat a cop up. So, but you but had no, like a high level. Maybe I don't know. No, usually the way it works is I'll beat a cop up. You need this key or something. I'll beat his ass because uh, I stay busy in the first day or two. I like to max out all my stats on the first day or two. Right, so I do that while Greg is forming the plan, and then I help Greg <laughs> with my strength. So uh, basically, so anyway, you're working out in the yard while Greg plans. <laughs> yeah. And then Greg's like, Andy, uh, this card, this cop has a green card. You need to beat him up for me. And I go beat him up. And then usually once I'm done beating him up, I scatter and I run into the yard uh, and I get sniped in the yard. Um, yeah. But when I get um, sniped, they just throw me in the medic bed. I recover 20 HP and then I'm just chill. They don't arrest me or anything. Or throw me in solitary. Yeah, I think maybe when a cop, like it's a cop that beats you, maybe he throws you in solitary. Maybe when you just get sniped, they uh just send you yeah, the cops. Either way, I know. I know in like deeper uh, other prisons, like as we get into harder, because we're still on the easy level ones. Once we right. get to like uh, the medium and harder ones, they like uh, very very strict with the prisons. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to see what some one of the prisons do. We went ahead and bought a DLC too that we haven't done yet. That was kind of seems like it's like a D and D themed uh, dungeon escape thing. Uh, it's called yeah, it's like uh, Dragon and Duct Tape, du- I think. Dungeons and Duct Tape, I think. Yeah, that sounds like it is. Ah, uh, that'll probably be cool. We'll get back on that. Yeah. Uh, um, and other than that, uh, I've only wa- the only other thing I got to talk about. Uh, I watched an anime before here, uh, Flask, Delicious in Dungeon, uh, the first episode uh, came the out today. Episode. It did. I watched did you, it. Uh, did you watch it? You did? Yes, I did. 
Nice. What'd you think? I mean, I, I, you've, you've read it. Did you, uh, think it was a, uh, good first episode adaptation? It's funny. This is like, I, I was actually a little bit like, not physically, but like a little bit nervous. Cause it's like, what if it, <laughs> what if it's not giving off the same vibe? You know, like what if I, I've been so, uh, enthusiastic about this manga and it's definitely entered my top five of all time and like now people are going to be seeing it you know through animation like what if it doesn't live up to the manga you want to hear what i think i thought of it with the first episode sure sure because i uh i thought it was pretty dang funny i I really i did like it so you have no experience uh, with this prior to this i've seen like a few chapters and i know like some stuff but uh i haven't fully read through it uh but it was pretty pretty good. Pretty uh pretty funny. I like the nice. uh like the main character, the uh the knight. Bios. Bios, yeah, I think he's a pretty funny dude where he just basically wanted to go down here to, to eat monsters, which is yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, he's got a secret obsession. <laughs> and uh I have the dwarf they just met and they uh he's like, "Oh man, I love doing this. I've been doing this for 10 years." So I'm a, I'm excited to see what they uh what they kill and cook up. Oh, and yes. uh, I feel bad for the uh, the elf girl who is constantly uh, this is like giving give her like some crazy PTSD or something. What I like about it is because uh, first of all, because the author is female, uh, and because she's sort of like the uh, the the sole female uh, presence on the team in the party, it, you would expect like her to be dainty and like protected and everything but she's like the comic relief in terms of how much befalls she's her very, when she got uh caught by the plant and uh he they got her out and the fucking staff knocks her out in the head very pretty funny so i like that i like that she uh can be just as like <laughs> you know injured and and messed with as everybody else and it, perhaps even more so and she's also like you know constantly uh on edge not like she could uh, also fall easily fall it she yeah she could fall into like the complainer female role easily but i don't i don't get that impression at all from her i get like i don't get that from her i get that she's like i she just does not want to she wants to eat normal food she wants she's the uh, most sensible of every one of them yes she's like i'm not like when they were in the grave she's like i'm not eating all this these roots i'm not eating this i'm not eating it and she ended up eating it anyway yeah uh, yeah, I thought yeah, it was good. I, I thought it was a good first ed- episode adaptation. Yeah, and they're doing 24 episodes, which is uh, pretty nice. Nice. So, looking forward yeah. to them. I'm, I'm looking forward also. Pretty pretty good so far. Good animation, all that. Oh, and that's all. That's all I got. Cool. That's all you not got. Bad, not bad. Okay, not that's bad. That's all I got. Hey, you know, maybe it's been a sleepier week for us than I thought. A little sleepy. We're only a half hour in. We've already busted through all the roundtables. I'm sure Flask is not going to uh, break that trend with a classic Flask three-hour table. Right. Right. No. Oh no! I'll just I'll decide to say no. Okay, you're gonna say no. Okay. Well, Flask. In that case, what have you been up to the last? Oh, okay. You do want to hear me? Okay. Yeah. Of course. Um. I, funny enough, um, I read 
all of Hell's Paradise, Jigokuraku. I read the entire manga. Oh, yeah. Greg recommended it as one of his ups. Yeah, it's a good anime. So I read the manga. (laughs) Did you read it in response Uh, to that up, or was it already on the list, or... Oh, no, no, no. I, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know this existed until Greg brought it up. Uh, the premise seemed Bam, another, quite cool. Another score for me, baby. Another score for Greg, definitely. Um, as a reminder, this is about the, uh, the, the sh- skilled shinobi who just won't die. He's sent to uh, a uh, mystery island with a bunch of kooky convicts along with their executioner minders. Because they're in search of a uh, an elixir of life for the shogun, which they can exchange for, you know, a pardon. Um, and that premise was immediately cool to me. Uh, seems like a kind of thing I'd seek out, you know. And I, I did read the manga instead of watching the anime, just because I'm a I'm a manga guy. Um, the manga is complete instead of me just having to watch one season and then waiting. Uh, and I do prefer that medium anyway. But uh, I liked it. I liked it. I'd say it's like. Um, it reminded me of like Hunter Hunter mixed with uh mixed with a bit of bleach and like a bit of Gantz, oddly enough. That's the vibe I got. Um like Dark oh, Hunter Hunter, which that was already kind of dark, but um a smorgasbord, yeah. Uh I think I liked the first volume or two the best, since uh at that point it's just like exaggerated violence with some I fantasy. Love- I was just saying, I was going to say, I love in the beginning when they say, oh, we uh, we don't really need all of you. Why don't you guys fight? Uh, and whoever's <laughs> left at the end uh, gets I to go. They were, I thought they the show was about to propose a tournament arc, like a full-ass tournament arc right away. But no, nope, it's just a He just says, bloody kill, brawl. kill each other. And everyone just starts ripping each other apart. It's just, it's insane. But what I like about that. And they like get to early... the island and it happens again. Yeah, it does. And I like that, like, even up to uh, early parts of the island, I like that feeling of, like, there's consequences. Death is real. Uh, that it's you not don't following, know who the like, main characters are. Exactly. You you pretty much are, can guarantee like, yeah, like, that, like, the shinobi and the samurai are going to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but even then, then you have all these, like, all these unique characters. And yes. you just see them, like, one guy gets, like, literally slapped and exploded. <laughs> yeah, it's not following typical patterns that you'd expect from this kind of thing. Um as it goes on, I would say it does fall more into the patterns that you'd expect from like a a shonen or a seinen uh, battle manga where there's like a magic system that's explained and uh, death has to be more super duper earned for characters. But that's because you kind of like establish the, the main cast, the core cast. And you've also established like, okay, here are the stakes. Here are the, the villains and, you know, here's what's actually going on. That's not bad. Uh, I always like a good battle manga with like you know the the fun cast of characters, and it, I'd say it does deliver on the fights all the way through the entire thing. So it held my interest throughout. But I would say those early parts where you don't know what's going on, it kind of reminded me of like ta- Attack on Titan a little bit, where you're like, who even am I following here? Because everyone's dying. <laughs> uh, it's it's a fun feeling where you just don't know what's going on yet, and everything feels very consequential. But yeah, I recommend. I would also recommend Hell's Paradise. It's it's cool. Right on. Cool. All right. Hey, that's a nice follow-up. Uh, the five up, one down. Hell's Paradise. 
Yeah, it's it's funny to just like immediately <laughs> follow up on someone's recommendation and blast through it. Um, I uh, I finally read the book The Three Body Problem recently, which uh, it's a sci-fi novel that you've probably at I'm least heard of. With it, though I haven't read it yet. Okay. Myself. Okay. Yeah, by a Chinese author uh, Liu Xixin. And it's been around a while, but it's just like now getting adaptations. Like it's going to have a, a Netflix adaptation in March. Uh, so I want I was planning to read it, but I wanted to read it before the adaptation came out and sort of like blew up the spot of the original book. Um, it's kind of an odd book. I don't think it can be entirely attributed to the translation from Chinese to English. Uh, it's got sort of an old school feeling, old school sci-fi like the way the story is told is very um, flat and very gestural, which is like the whole thing is sort of playing out instead of happening for real, like you might expect from some other like more modern sci-fi books. And uh, it is a hard sci-fi book. So like, you know, real quote unquote science that's being, ex you know, explored and uh, explained to you. But also sort of reminiscent of something that you might read from the mid 20th century uh, in the way that it's like so tidy. <laughs> so as I said, so like gestural play like um, I wasn't sure if I was going to continue into the sequels because there are sequels. But of course, it ends with a hook that makes me go like, I guess I do want to see what happens next. Damn it. So I'll continue at some point. Um, I've heard so many mixed opinions about all these books, man. Like everybody has a different opinion. How how much is the 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 classical mechanics concept of the three body problem uh, thematically represented by the alien species? Is that like the whole thing about it? Um, it's it's integral. Yeah, it's it's okay. like both represented. Uh, Metaphorically and literally. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so. It's funny. Before I went into this, I misremembered what the three-body problem was. And so when I started mm -hmm. reading it, I was like, wait a second. This is not what I remember. Oh, I'm thinking of a different thing. Uh, but yeah, once I once I understood <laughs> what they were talking about, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this concept. Yeah. For and yeah, it's definitely present. Listeners at home, three-body problem is that if you have three, in this case, suns, if you have three suns orbiting each other, and you know their initial positions and velocities, you cannot determine what their position will be at a later point. It's not solvable. It's too complicated. Um, so I, I don't know. Do I don't know if like <laughs> that means that they don't know when it's going to be day or or what that means on this alien planet. But I'd be curious to see what that. Oh, that's explored. That's a fun idea. Yeah, again, like, it, you might be disappointed in some ways, but in other ways, I think it's like exploring it interestingly. It's a mixed bag, I would say, and probably still worth reading, but like, not for everyone. And I don't know who would be liking it and who wouldn't be. Why, why do you day. think it's lauded so highly? Um, it's, it's very, it's I very think, quickly one of the things that gets recommended to you if you're in into hard sci-fi. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I think because it's number one it's sort of like um 
esoteric in that it feels like it's um, kind of above you a little bit in terms of what it's trying to relay. Uh, so some people might feel like, oh, this is like smart, you know, <laughs> uh, not to not to undersell people who right. like, no, feel I, that I way and, yeah. and aren't, sure. you know, um, also. I, 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 so I imagine some people like that sort of old school, like um, more artistic gestural feeling to the storytelling. Um, some people might not be as into like, you know, heavy characterization and um, a lot of a lot of meaning that feels very, you know, raw. They might prefer the sort of like high level um, concepts and storytelling like that that it doesn't really penetrate to the to the ground level it's more sort of like how are we thinking about this you know <laughs> um i don't know if any of what i'm saying makes sense but but it, yeah i could i could see a bunch of different reasons i'm not sure because uh, I'm, I'm one of those people who's kind of like just in the middle about it like i like some parts of it i don't like other parts about it um i don't know maybe maybe it also had some like clout from being like such a big Chinese novel that got popular and like so I don't <laughs> I don't know I'm sure you could look up reasons that people have come up with online in terms of speculation in terms of like why it's so highly regarded or why it's at least like so recommended like you said I'm sure there's a lot of reasons you could come up with yeah for sure yeah call me when they make it a movie with Matt Damon they are making it a TV <laughs> show, right? With they Matt are, Damon, yeah. Though? I think there was a Chinese adaptation that, like uh, sometime last year, but then, yeah, Netflix in March is putting out a series, I think. Let's see. There was a Chinese adaptation. No, wait. It's a postponed Chinese 3D adaptation. Uh, the film shooting was done, but it was never completed or released. Weird. I thought it... Uh... Huh. There was a Chinese TV adaption produced by Tencent Video last year. Oh, maybe that's American TV know. series um, in production by the Game of Thrones guys. I didn't realize that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that part. I mean, you know, when they were adapting material that they didn't write, <laughs> they were pretty good. So who knows? Maybe it's, they've like, it, you know, it's always possible that a creator has like reached like a, a a no point of no return where they're like now we're just bad <laughs> that does happen but and to be fair I, don't know. I thought they did fine fine not great i thought they did fine when they were adapting material that's what i'm saying like yeah when yeah. when they were actually adapting uh, someone uh, else's right. work they did okay yeah, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean. But it's always possible that, like, a creator has just some, like, either their life has gone in a direction or their brains have, like, turned a corner where now things are sort of fundamentally broken and they can no longer reach that same place they once did. It's always possible. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We'll see. We shall um, see. As, as far as stuff I've been playing, I, uh, well, this will be a startling confession, folks. But I've been playing Hollow Cure, which is the Hollow Live Bullet Heaven game, oh, sort of the boy. vampire survivors like. Oh lord! I've been playing it for months, guys. Months, months. What the months. Fuck? Oh my god! I, be, I didn't think of... I was into this genre at all. 
what it was uh what allows you to play it for months is it like um is it randomized or are you just like getting really good at the levels i mean i don't actually know no, it's like is, uh, i should say like not i'm not playing it every day i'm, I'm using it as like an in-between other stuff game sort of a downtime yeah, 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 casual yeah, game because yeah. that's what it is it's like very casual i mean like it's like vampire survivors where it's just like okay i throw okay, it up yeah, yeah i got you yeah um and i didn't think i was into that genre at all because like i tried vampire survivors and didn't really get grabbed um but i how live or sorry hollow cure is free it's a fan-made um thing that got you know official support later and uh but it's still free and i tried it for some reason and i enjoyed it enough that i've been playing it as, so yeah, as like a downtime game <laughs> i didn't expect this who uh May I ask you who your uh, who your favorite character is? So I swear. So I haven't like tried every character yet. I haven't even unlocked every character yet because I kind of play very casually. But um, I swear I am not. It's Fauna, okay? But I swear, I, even though I've mentioned Fauna before on it's the podcast, it has, no it has no relation. It has no relation. I like her as like a you know an entertainer. I don't really watch any Hollow Live members like regularly. I like her as an entertainer. Mm -hmm. That's not the reason that I like her as the uh, a character in Hollow Cure. I like that she is a healing character. So you can basically turn her into Wolverine, where no matter how much you get hit, your health does not go down at all. <laughs> you just you just uh, you can either defend like using defensive upgrades or straight up like heal faster than the enemies can do damage, which is an amazing uh, place to get yeah. to. You just stand Good still bit. in the middle of a horde. Uh, so I like that. I do. I also like some of the other. Uh, I, I I think I played like mostly the the uh, hollow English characters so far because um, they're the the first ones that are sort of unlocked in their in their waves. Mm. Um. Yeah, I. It's not even the sort of like aesthetic I'd really seek out for a a game like like I think there's a couple others. Um. Uh, what's it called? 20 Seconds Till Dawn. That recently uh, released for free on uh, one of the epic 12 days of free games thing. That looks like it has an aesthetic that I might enjoy. I might try that. Um, there's another one that's like he Hell something. Something with Hell in the title that looks like it has sort of a dungeon-y aesthetic, and that looks cool too. I'd oh, hell I, feel like, I feel like I'd go more for one of those types than like a an anime girl vtuber nope. aesthetic yep. game it said you went for vtuber uh vtuber fun fun land yeah obviously it's very cutesy and jokey with all like the uh you know the in jokes from all the people i find that fun you know but the gameplay is solid i like that it's um twin stick so you aim your attacks instead of uh, vampire survivors where you don't uh i do know that some people don't like that <laughs> some fans of the genre don't like that but i i personally prefer that and uh, the amount of content is just very impressive. So, um, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Surprisingly to myself. All right. Cool. For having just tried hey, it on a whim, I've been I'm still... You get a double cool from me, Flask. Thanks, Greg. Finding something new and unique that you didn't think you'd like and it manages to be something that can take all your time, it's a gift. So, that's really cool. Yes. Um... As for a game that I've also been sort of playing as an in-between game, uh, but is much more sort of traditionally on my alley, I, I finished Dusk, 
the uh, the FPS, and I'm applying that intermittently. Okay. Um, You've been bouncing around all sorts of crazy stuff. I have, yeah, uh, yeah. It's the uh, you just retro want to FPS. Kill, don't you? I do well. Yes, always. <laughs> just want to shoot. Actually, murder. that's not true. I like playing all sorts oh, of no, stuff, even stuff record. where I don't that one kill. Cut yeah, everything you said around that. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll cut out the, uh, incriminate the part yourself. where I, Thank you. I'll, I'll cut out the part <laughs> where I uh, tried to walk back the incrimination. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, fun. Yeah, super solid game. Dusk, uh, clearly one of the you know the top of the line retro shooters out there. I think everyone can pretty much agree. Um, I guess one thing I've realized about these old school shooters, or really about myself, is that uh, I prefer, I much prefer open environments two corridors so that when i start getting into levels that are like comprised almost entirely of dark cramped rock wall corridors i often seem to sort of lose steam i'll I'll, I'll like play a level of that and then be like okay i'll stop for now whereas if i'm in like multiple sequential open areas i tend to uh be more willing to keep going and i understand that like dark cramped corridors ramp up the difficulty and you know provide maybe some some horror angle but that's not even really why i dislike them i just find them so much more boring than the more open areas where you can sort of like really uh get to moving around and i often find like the level design is more creative in those open areas because as i said dark cramped rock walls you know um there's you know there's plenty of fun open areas in dusk uh, they do a good job of like, you know, yeah, alter- alternating between the two. But anytime it devolves into, you know, labyrinthine, samey corridors, I find that a bit boring. Again, nothing to do with difficulty, just a little bit boring. Uh, it's kind of an unreasonable thing to, to ask that literally all levels in an FPS be like open, big open areas, or at least like open air areas where you can go to a lot of different spots throughout and kind of have a lot of good movement kind of an unreasonable ask but um that's just something i've i think i've learned about myself playing multiple of these like uh old school shooters like even you know i recently played blood as well and uh dusk is obviously taking much after that type of game Um, i can't remember if there was a, a demo for this um i think you have it on your wish list are you gonna follow this trend are you gonna try playing uh uh, Warhammer 40k bolt gun. I played that. You have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. You can go listen to episode <laughs> for my oh, take on. Say, was, it de- was it a demo? Or was it? A, you didn't buy the game though, right? Uh, I got it somehow. I played it. <laughs> oh well, because I, I, you know, I, 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 I didn't think so because I'm looking on Steam and it says only Alex owns it. So I, I oh, okay. I definitely remember you talking about it, so I thought it was a demo or something. Yeah, no, that, did you, that makes Did you sense. finish it, or did you just uh, yeah, dabble I in it. it? I finished it. Oh, okay. Um, All right, then. You don't have to go play it again. It's cool. No, no. That, I, I thought that was fun, though. But that's another one that, like, again, I, I, I the level design in both games is actually quite good, I would say, most of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, but if it, if any of these ever get into those, like, really cramped areas, and I think Bolt Gun was probably better about that than, like, Blood or Dusk. Um, and I, I do find that a little bit boring but I, that, I think the next one if I was going to play another uh, FPS I actually do have 
cultic cultic episode one which is like a full game okay, even though it's called that. episode one which is another one of these types so that's probably next on the agenda for when i get into shoot shoot em up moods um i think dax playing one right now or something or uh, robo quest does that sound familiar does it ring a bell um yes robo quest a I shooty don't type game uh dax was playing it pretty recently okay i do also know um, that like... uh, more more modern um not like crazy modern. I mean, still, you know, that kind of mechanics, but graphics-wise, more, uh, you know. Okay, not going for the the pixel shit art style. <laughs> no, no, going for more like, uh, I don't want to call it Borderlands, but Borderlands-ish. Gotcha, gotcha. I did see Alex a while back play the, another one that was like, um, fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to remember the name. It's like a the weird one name. With like the Russian-ish name? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that one. It's got an H directly followed by a consonant, and I do not yeah. remember what the name is. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't remember either. Weird. And that one looked pretty cool as well, so I may pick that one up at some point. But yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, H-Rot. H-Rot, yeah. <laughs> H-Rot. Yeah, that, uh, that'll do it for my roundtable, though. That's what I've been doing. Nice. Nice. I can Thanks. Dylan and Kellen, dude. Definitely. Chilling and killing. Well, that's my round table. It's over, I think. It's, like it's just round over table. now. It's Greg's round table. That's Flash. And Vito selfishly did not send a round table in from Italy. I don't know what the fuck his <laughs> He didn't pre-record is, one. Flash no. perfectly timed uh, things to lead us all the way up until the break. That's what we need, though. Before we get in this break, we need we need more pre-recorded segments. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, actually, yeah, I'm all right with that. Actually, Vito did send in a segment. I'll go ahead and start playing it now. Okay, Greg. Greg, this is kind of your job. What? Huh? Greg, play it. Great. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, uh, Vito's roundtable like sounds a little bit something like, a little like fart this. Hey, everybody, it's me, Vito. Bippity boppy. That's our Vito. You know, I've been playing, uh, uh, Hades. You know, I love the D's. You went back to no, that? I think That's I'm gonna all start, I got. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it four bags reviews. of popcorn. I don't. I don't think I want to do my reviews live anymore. I'm gonna send them in on. Uh, you have to do it live. <laughs> no, I'm gonna send them in on video, and then Flash can just put them in. Yeah. What do we okay, just? Okay. Not even much, an audio think form. Much, you're just gonna send me a video. Much, <laughs> doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna sit. He's gonna sit like a yeah, like a webcam shot, like a vlog. Think how much faster the Valheim discussion would have went if Andy, you know, couldn't have said anything back. If we to me. if we just had two you know? if we just had two different opinions, that's all we need. Right. <laughs> I want, I want, I want like, uh, uh, just almost like they're do- totally disconnected. John presents his, uh, you know, there's early access games like Zomboid and, and Valheim and Dwarf Fortress and you go through all that. And then my name, I don't want to get us diluted with each other, you know? Right. Well then, and then mine is just, I just talk about Dwarf Fortress, like in kind of like a <laughs> passive aggressive way back at you. Like, yeah. Uh, 
I, I guess so. I'm gonna make my video about Dwarf Fortress. It's it's a really good game. It's been in development uh, for like 20 years. It has like so much content. And actually, even though some people are are really stupid, it was considered feature complete like a decade ago. Um, so I don't know what you might have heard, but it's <laughs> it's actually nothing like Valheim or Zombie. So essentially, <laughs> like like Get passive aggressive YouTuber <laughs> war responses to an, one another, right. In audio form. When I'm thinking we could also maybe like after the pod's over, we film like a quick like extra pod where we're a little bit looser. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, that I've been things, think, saying that for a while. Kind of let things fly <laughs> a little bit. You know, talking about the for our Patreon. Cuff, you know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. I mean, like a like an encore of sorts. Yeah, like an encore. Yeah, like an encore yeah. sorts. Like all this is actually is a good. I mean, uh, good. I good know thing we don't to, have enough time, so we got to skip my uh, my new segment. But I'm pretty excited. Yeah, sorry, I, the, the Valhunt talk, uh, Greg. We're gonna have to yeah, skip your new yeah, segment. You and, yeah. uh, you and Andy that uh, outburst, uh, <laughs> cut, cut into my time, but whatever. No, but for real, uh, we're talking about sort of talking about. On Cinema at the Cinema just started a new season. Yeah, uh, I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, same. Uh, 14 years <laughs> strong. I guess I don't... It might be longer than 14 years. It's his 14th season strong. Uh, started on Adult Swim. We've talked about it on the show. Tim Heidecker and Greg Tarkington's uh, ironic web show movie review thing, which this season is... Uh, Called On Cinema On Demand. Um, first episode was great. Pretty crazy. I- I'm excited. Really excited. Pretty crazy is an Adult Swim. Did they like stick it in like a like a 3 a.m. time slot or something? I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, mean, I, you know, I don't remember. I remember seeing Tim it. and Eric. You know, I remember Tom with Samaya, and I even remember there was later it was like bedtime stories or something. I don't. I don't remember this ever or seeing this on Adult Swim. Like, you gotta wonder if it was just, like, Adult Swim online, but did they do that in, like, 2007, when this must have started? It have, yeah, I mean, it could be possible. I mean, I know they did throw, like, weird things, like, they had these, like, you know, like, these satire infomercials they did for, sometimes, they would just throw them on, like, weird time slots, like, oh, it's on at 3.30 in the morning, like, one day, you know, this month. Uh, maybe it was something like that. I, I'm pretty, regardless, I, I'm pretty certain they at least... Uh, aired the in-universe spoof spy show Dakar, or not Dakar. <laughs> no, what was it called? Decker? I think it was just called Decker. Decker sounds right. It's, it yeah. all, it's a problem, right? It also <laughs> yeah. all blends Funny, together. Tim. But yeah, Decker um, aired on Adult Swim. Um, but that that almost makes more sense. Like That's the exact kind of like random stupid bullshit you'd expect to see on Adult Swim. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, I mean, only one episode was out, or you know, for this this season, uh, we watched it. I, I thought it was pretty funny. I like the the kind of bit they're going for. Yeah, um, I really, I, I think I've talked about this before. I really respect Tim Heidecker. I think he's a, a really smart, funny guy, uh, doing creative stuff that I like. Um, so I wasn't really worried, but it's it's season fourteen, man. Like, what are you gonna do? You know. Um, I, I am a fan of Tim's weekly podcast. I don't listen to it every week. And I haven't listened to it really in a couple months, if not longer. Office Hours Live. 
but uh, he, whenever he talks about on cinema, he's always, you know, just talking about how excited he is for it. It feels like his favorite thing to do. And you, you see that on screen. Um, per- personally, I think if I were to like kind of neg it like a little bit, uh, the last episode was, I think, 13 minutes and 52 seconds long. Uh, and if it had been it's just a little short, right. If it had been just eight seconds longer, it would have been an even <laughs> 14 zero zero. Um, and you know, I, these, these guys are, are probably the most professional movie reviewers in the business. So, uh, seems, seems like something they should have caught. So, you know, maybe season 14 is getting a little bit lazy, maybe, but still really quite enjoy it. And I'm going to give, uh, episode one, five bags of popcorn, and I'm going to give it also one little Joy Patron. I'm going to give it three stars. What? Yeah, I'm just going to give it three stars. Not even thumbs? I mean, not, even, not, like, not even thumbs? You're going for stars? I'm going to give it yeah. four bags of popcorn and two bags of microwave popcorn. What kind? Ah, uh, uh, store brand. Right. What brand? What brand? Of course, store brand. Uh, Wait, what am I going to make my own uh, popcorn? Oh, uh, Jesus. Um, Are you tell me you don't know popcorn brands? You got no popcorn. No, there's, it's, it's there, just there's my, a it's correct just, answer it's here. It's just Greg. my store brand. I know what Andy wants me to say, but I'm not going to say it. What are yeah, you going to say, say instead, your... John? What are you going to say instead? You want me to say Pop Secret. I do want you to say oh, Pop Secret. I thought secret. you were going to say Snorville Redenbacher. Uh, Snorville Redenbacher actually is um, a fantastic product. Uh, you guys might not know this, but it's a Hoosier product. It comes from my home state of Indiana. God, you no, better hope I'm fucking, not in a van hey, with news, you. Newsflash, bro. Most fucking popcorn does, I think. That's all you guys exist for is corn. Actually, you're not even wrong. I think we do produce a lot of popcorn. You know what? You you know what else is huge in Indiana? Another big thing we produce. Breaks. Murderers, waterfowl killers. <laughs> yeah, who yeah, knew? Waterfowl. Yeah, like a duck, like ducks and geese. Yeah. Let me show you something. I bought a, a brand of popcorn called Cousin Willie's because I seen the box and it, it was fun looking. And then I was reading it one day. It comes from Indiana. Uh, highly addictive. Uh, what's your favorite Harrison Jones movie? Harrison Jones. Who the hell is that? Harrison Ford movie. Harrison Jones. <laughs> God, uh, that's a my brain. My brain is getting uh, wires dude. crossed all all evening. I don't know what's going on. I might. I might actually be dying. Harrison, a favorite Harrison Ford. I don't. You know, honestly, maybe a hot take. I really don't care from that much. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to deny Indiana Jones. No, nah, I mean, Never if I pick one, it'd be, it'd be Blade Runner. But uh, actually, yeah, Blade Runner is probably it for me too. You know, I I can't deny that he's been in great movies, but I never think they're great because of him. Fugitive, come on, Fugitive. He's really good at. I don't think I've seen that one. Never seen it. I think he's at his best when he's trying. Maybe not. Let's let me make. The, <laughs> I'm gonna make that my New Year's resolution. I'm gonna watch a bunch of these uh, shitty movies you guys talk about. Flash, real quick. What was it? He's at his best when what? When he's trying. Oh yeah. <laughs> It, that's not often. Uh, Flash, did you uh, <laughs> it's a character is like the guy you've got to try, right? Oh, okay. Flash, did you watch Dial of Destiny last year? I can't remember if you were yeah. talking about it. 
Uh, was it really bad? I had no comments on it. I yeah. I mean, it was. It was, it was predictably bad. Fine. Like, like, it probably. I don't know. It it like. It wasn't good. I'll just say that it wasn't good. I got to say, I listened to a podcast. Uh, John, you were there. You listened to it with me. Um, I reviewed a lot of the mo- some movies over the summer. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Dial of Destiny went over really well with this podcast. In fact, they said it was the best Indiana Jones movie. That's not. <laughs> that's not true. Well, you gotta, but you gotta I can see why someone would. Well, think about this though. It's How the newest Indiana one, Jones so it probably has the best graphics, right? Oh, the graphics. Yeah, you're right. It probably does have the best graphics. You know, Indiana, you know uh, uh, Indiana Jones is in Fortnite, right? I, I personally, I think we should be careful not to let ourselves be taken away by cynicism. Um, trust in Hollywood; they know what they're doing. Uh, it, you know, they they made. Indiana Jones back in the 70s and the 80s, and those movies were fine. But now they get to try new ideas after having another 40 years to grow. And, uh, you know, it's 40 years of knowledge on top of this. I mean, that's 40 years more experience in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, Flask, I respect your opinion. You know that. I just have a hard time thinking that 40 years of knowledge and technical, you get technical in prowess, 40 years. It, you know, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You can't get dumber. In time, find me a baby. Find me a baby that's smarter than four year olds. You know, you know. Then with that, have we fully transitioned to being a non cinema uh, commentary podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're on our way. And with that, I think it's time for a break. Break time. Uh, we'll be back break, break, uh, break, for some break. news. Uh, maybe some other content. Um, yeah. See you guys soon. By the way, John, uh, I was racking my brain trying to remember what the popcorn currently in my kitchen is called, uh, because I knew it was like old, like old crusties or like uncle something or other. No, it was cousin Willie's. Uh, I, you got cousin Willie. I started trying cousin Willie's, uh, this past year. And I did too, dude. it's like not even that good, but for some reason it's very addictive. It's like good I, in the I sense that you it. want to keep eating it. <laughs> I, I did. I actually ran out. And I'm next time I go to the store, I'm going to buy some. Well, I got so how I fell upon it is I, I bought a bunch of Pop Secret. I was not happy with the level of butter. I wanted something more. I looked up like a list online. So I don't even know what it was. Some random website was at the grocery store, like best popcorns. Cousin Willie popped up. wasn't for like the most butter, but it was it was popped something. Up. And then I looked at the box, and then I seen you know the movie theater butter. He's got them star glasses on. Right. <laughs> Can't say no to that. Picked up the box, and it's been pretty good. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised that it even had like clout online because I picked it up completely arbitrarily. I was like, I want to try a different popcorn, so I picked up you know just some other brand and it was cousin willie's and i was like you know what actually this works for the purpose that it's designed for which is to accompany your little home movie experience absolutely i don't think they or i haven't seen them in stores anymore but i remember when i used to go to my grandma's house what brand it was might have been home theater or something i don't know it used to come 
with like a little bag of like movie theater butter. Uh. Like a little like a pouch, not even a bag, like a pouch, like a like a small like Capri Sun pouch of movie theater butter, and you could drizzle it on yourself. It was the greatest. Things used probably to be was better. People heart attacks, or it was made of plastic <laughs> or something. That's probably why they stopped it. Yeah, things used to be better when we didn't fondly. care about our lives. Yeah. I still haven't tried like uh, the. Uh, it's been years since I learned about this, but the, like Flavacol. Whatever the it's like a special salt that's supposed to make your popcorn taste like movie theater popcorn. I still haven't yet to try that because I haven't found it in any stores. Yeah, they don't sell it anywhere. Crazy flavors. Order, I guess. But yeah, I've never picked them up. They have those. If you like go to the movie theater, they'll have a bunch of different like the you know, little shakers. Will be like yeah, jalapeno ones or like better ones or. And even at the store, like I feel like they didn't used to have right next to the the home popcorns. Uh, the microwave popcorns, they, they now have like uh, all sorts of salts and spices and stuff like that. I feel like years ago they didn't used to have that. Yeah, popcorn doesn't come up. <laughs> well, people have such big TVs and sound systems and such these days that they're not even going to the theater. Also because it's expensive to go to the theater. <laughs> That's true. And then so I mean, I, yeah, I guess especially, especially since COVID. Oh, yeah. Kind of rightfully so. Movie theater experiences are Indeed. like a mixed bag these days. Yeah, it can be fun. I, I still want to go on. It's like a fun thing every now and then, but that's not what I would do on the regular. Yeah. I go for big event stuff. I go yeah. every three or four months to see a film. That just feels like a route enough time it's just so much nicer being at home more comfortable less sticky welcome back everyone now it's time for the news 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 now you now you guys do we already did that oh they were preemptive yeah well floss can Sorry, listeners. <laughs> cut, cut, cut it and chop <laughs> no, it. You know? that listeners don't get up. to hear. Uh, some of these stories are going to be just a little bit old, but I think we still have uh, some comments we can make about them. Um, if you're an active listener of our pod, we've been doing some other things recently, as you know. So we'll start. Yeah. Uh, another boys spinoff. The Boys Mexico is in the works. Uh, from Blue Beetle oh, writer God. Gareth Dunnett Alcagar, Diego Luna, and Gail Garcia Bernal. This story from Deadline, I have not yet read. Flask, what are the details on the boys' Mexico? Um, I'm not going to be an authority on any of these because, you know, we've been, as as you just said, we've been sort of uh, uh, a while without the news, so it's kind of been building up. But um, I I think... Well, first of all, the Boys Mexico, as far as I am aware, is not like an adaptation of anything from the comics. It would be an entirely original offshoot from the TV series, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the Blue Beetle movie writer uh, is going to be behind this. And Diego Luna are uh, apparently Diego Luna is like only considering acting in it. <laughs> he's he's going to be executive producing it along with someone else. Um, 
but currently we really don't know anything about like what it's going to contain the content of the boys mexico it's called the boys mexico the boys yeah, colon mexico. the boys colon mexico i mean this is just walking dead shit now right there's just thousands it does seem like whatever that. hits now, the fucking board. You know? I've talked. I've talked about this with video games, where I like where a game they expand on a universe. I think that's cool. I want that more in games. Shows, uh sometimes not really, not really with it. I feel like. Well, no, oftentimes because I mean, it feels like it. It. It's. It feels so, like they don't really it, have it, a I great guess, idea. The, yes, maybe They're that's just trying what to I want to say. Is they don't. Like, when I say, like, oh, yeah, I'm interested more in the universe, like, yeah, cool idea, not just, you know, it's here, but, you know, like, like for example, it's the boys, but in Mexico. I'm sure it'll be more than that, but I hope that's not, you know, what it just did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, I I haven't watched it, but I heard the, um... Gen what is it spinoff now? The, the, the college one? I heard, I heard it's, it's fine to, to good. I mean, if you if you enjoyed the boys, uh, from what I understand, you'll enjoy Gen V. Right. Um, I just kind of enjoyed the boys. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not keeping track when the next season comes out. I, I'll watch when I watch it if I do. Um, but yeah, like you said, if, if it has a good idea, then it, they came, from what I don't watch them anymore, but from what I understand, the, um, I've actually been hearing and seeing good reviews for the, the Daryl Dixon Walking Dead spinoff. Yeah, same. Uh, that's been going on. I don't know how that's possible. Crazily that enough, so right? angry, and, and that's it's it's <laughs> you know. And to be fair, I I think I already talked about this in the past. I thought we were at the point where like The Walking Dead was like over and dead, and people were like way fucking past it. Same. Um, I remember us playing Call of Duty World at War and being like, "Yo, The Walking Dead's the coming on show, tonight, right? boys!" Yeah, we're like, "Yo, uh, it's coming." But apparently, I I'm I'm, I'm wrong. I mean, I you know. I, I don't get out there in the public and poll people, but I, with no exaggeration, have not I heard of a, a, a living human being talking about watching any Walking Dead show in years. So I don't know who's doing it, but they got to have somebody. People um, crave the, the dead, eh, John. But yeah, I mean, so I, I, I don't think this is, if I put my money down, it's not going to be the last boy spinoff. No, they're probably going to keep milking this for a while <laughs> since it's so popular. Uh, and, and, I don't know. Like I said, hopefully we'll get a Daryl Dixon. Maybe this one will be really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we we talked about season three when season three aired. I, I think we, you know, I have concerns about the show going forward. Um, these spinoffs may be valid and, and good artistic projects, but at the same time, they also kind of like maybe help validate some of the concerns I have. Really curious to see what happens with season four. I think that'll kind of I'm almost... that make it make it a breaker moment for whether. I even bother with the series going forward or not? I, I f- I'm a little, I'm a little hopeful on the opposite. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. You're good. Uh, so I'm a little hopeful on the opposite, right? Because with these seasons, you know, the biggest complaint with season three is that you know nothing changed, right? It kind of like ended where it started, and that's kind of because you know they have to keep certain characters alive. They have to keep a status quo, you know, because they want to stretch it out to a fourth and fifth, you know, whatever season. But maybe with these spinoffs. If we're getting characters that, you know, aren't, you know, Butcher and Huey, they will be able to just, you know, say, hey, you know, you know, this character dies at the end of the season, then, you know, they don't get, 
fucking you know uh plot line to they magically live you know what i mean like like they've done in in you know the, the normal boys that's me being really optimistic and, and hopeful i think that is a a possible angle that could be cool if that a worked successful out. spinoff just to just to get to the main series to get murdered that would be kind of cool <laughs> that would be very boys like i think yeah i think that'd be cool too What's next? Uh, Embracer Group keeps restructuring. The studio formed to make time splitters. Free Radical Design has closed. This happened last month. You know what would help solve this issue? If they uh, just made another time splitters game. <laughs> yeah. Embracer Group yeah. seems to be like the most. We've talked about this before, but they seem to be like the most. Uh, what's the word? Emblematic, maybe. They most represent the idea that tech industry is going through some shitty problems right now that I've seen in the mm-hmm. in the gaming space at least. Um, they during the pandemic and shortly afterwards purchased a bunch of assets and now seem to be closing stuff off, trying to sell stuff off. Sad for the developers at least. Yeah, there was some news two weeks before Christmas. I wonder if we could buy some assets. Oh, yeah. There was some news a bit ago about how um, they like apparently were banking on some Saudi deal that they had, but it was like a handshake agreement for tons of money, and then the Saudis backed out. The and they... Saudis love <laughs> time splitters, and they uh, apparently like suffered from that from that expectation of the uh, agreement that they didn't put in writing. Uh, I don't know the details boy. of that, That's but insane. it's so pretty funny and also insane, yeah. And bad, Imagine bad business. Imagine people, they lost their jobs. Like, you, But they, like, you should have seen the look in their eye. They looked like they were going to do the deal. They shook my hand. <laughs> they shook well, they, it. Well, well, shook my well, fucking they hand. Exactly, they didn't exactly shake it, but we, we did brush up against each other. So. Yeah, it was like a cultural yeah. thing, yeah. crossover. Yeah, thing his where... bodyguard did beat the shit out of me, but it, it was that. He, it he, didn't, he didn't kill me, though. <laughs> so I took that as a tacit acceptance. Yeah, it's pretty much a handshake. <laughs> we should look uh look into buying all the assets for time splitters and just make our own game. Make our own time splitters. Yeah, Split it. our own time. Put it in VR chat. <laughs> yeah, that's that stinks. That sucked. Oh well. Uh just a quickly note as well. Um Embracer has cut the staff at 3D Realms Splitgate. Um, they have a Ooh. long history of making shooter games, uh, all the way back to the 1980s, including uh, some Duke Nukem games, etc. Mostly games I haven't heard of, scoring through the list. I mean, Wolfenstein's on there. Yeah. And, you know, all these companies are like, they may be sort of, um, you know, working on the legacy of what they had done in, in the past. But all these companies are, of course, different beasts than they were at some point in the past because employee turnover and everything like that. But um, the fact that, like, these these studios under Embracers or in Embracers Embrace in their care are, like, just now, uh, all these years later, being, like, torn apart is so, so wretched to me. It's it's a bummer for see your uh, the companies that made your childhood games are just getting yeah. Uh, it's no way to end. Yeah, like you said, torn apart. 
a documentary about Death Stranding is coming exclusive to Disney+. Plus. Uh, the documentary Hell yeah. aired last summer uh, at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. And it was called Hideo Kojima Connecting Worlds. I looked up just a little bit to see what the buzz was. And I, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of uh, interesting buzz around it. I, uh, I think Disney it's Plus. Kodi- like Ko- Kotaku yeah, I calls it that. the worst kind of fan service. Okay. <laughs> Someone at Disney really likes a Dayo Kojima. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. People are fond I, of him. Who knows why and how? I mean, clearly, I don't know. I think people were expecting something more like, a, uh, you know, uh, money, meaningful and like comprehensive about him and the development process and everything like that. And like you said, I think from what I've been hearing, it's more of a like showing off Death Stranding um, puff piece, maybe. But it's coming in spring to Disney Plus for some reason. Why Disney Plus? <laughs> I don't think I, I ever find out Kojima why. Kojima gets bought by Disney in the end. I, and they add like a Death Stranding theme park to Disney Jesus. World. That would sound <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> can they fucking have like battery acid rain you can run through? Yeah, the t- time aging rain. Uh, well, speaking, speaking of, of which, you aren't going to believe where I've been. A24's production of the Death Stranding movie was revealed due to a uh-huh. t-shirt listing. A24 is a production a company movie? behind yep. uh, movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once, Uncut Gems, Mo- uh, Midsommar, a lot of good stuff. Um, and they are making a Death Stranding movie. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, these are great movies. You know, legitimately. Um the game already is a fucking movie, more or less. Like, do we yeah. do we yeah. need a movie? Like, I, now I, I, I get to not, now I I don't get to play uh, the Walking game. I get to watch the Walking yeah, game. Yeah, what's more boring than bullet, having yeah, to put do a, a bullet walk, you know, in watching my head, somebody dude. else walk? Uh, I'm sure we'll see this as a group, but I I don't think this needs to be a movie. Uh, and, and I know I, I don't know the synapses. Maybe it's you, is, well, is it just in the world, or is it a recreation of the game? Quote from Kojima. There are a lot of game adaptation films out there, but what we are creating is not just a direct translation of the game. The intention is that our audience will not only be fans of the games, but our film will be for anyone who loves cinema. We are creating a Death Stranding universe that has never been seen before. Achievable only through the medium of film, it will be born. I just imagine Greg Turkington saying that. (laughs) But like something really inane and stupid. (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, I I can't disagree with you, right? Like, it sounds like a great quote. And look, I love Kojima, so obviously I'm biased, and I recognize that. So feel free to filter this out. But, like, I just keep looking back to, like, he has a history of saying these stupid, insane things, and then he's right. Yeah, I mean, well, like he always said, delivers something interesting. Like, de- like yeah, Death Stranding. Be, every, you know, every, we'll watch in the group for sure. Everybody joked about Death Stranding be, like, his quotes about it being a new genre and it's the first strand type game. And like, that's a funny meme, but also name literally any it's other game that's, that's like death stranding. It's like, it, it, it is its own thing. You know what I mean? It doesn't really map on to, it uses a lot of different concepts, popular in gaming, open world, uh, survival management features, that kind of thing. But like, 
it, it's holistically its own thing, you know? No, sure. Yeah, I think I agree. Just saying, like, when, when Kojima I'm- says shit like that, I don't think it will be... I, I don't... It's not a cash grab. You know what I mean? I, I, I do legitimately would believe it's not going to be a cash grab. It might be bad. Oh, he absolutely and it, and it might movies. And it might be, like, pretentious or something. But I think it's it's going to at least come from a place of passion. And that, that alone makes it something to watch for me. At least watch out for. You know he's got the passion. Yeah, this guy says almost my worry, right? Because he loves movies so much. He's just maybe trying to make one because he loves them, not because he really dude, just does it. You know what that movies. made me think of? Uh, Mike, Mike, Rich, and Jay, Red Letter Media, um, and their long, uh, you know, their movie review thing. But uh, in the mid to 2010s, they released a really bad movie called Space Cop, and I learned a lot about how hard it is to make a movie from their videos of talking about how hard it was to make that movie. And these are guys who fucking love movies, know everything about them, but they couldn't really make a great film. You know, and what's funny is that after yeah, that it's funny. experience, I, they really came to hate making movies, like the process of making a film. So they just haven't made another one since because yeah. they didn't like it at all. <laughs> exactly. I uh, I want to watch six. I, I you know I, I outside fan of Red Letter Media. You know, I check out the videos every now and then. But I did hear they made a movie, and I heard it wasn't that great. And I always thought it was kind of confusing because like. You know, I, I you know listen to their critiques on movies, and they you know they seem to know what they're talking about. But I mean, it, it just goes to show, like you said. I mean, obviously, it's it's much easier to talk about something. And we sit here and talk about video games all day. You know, if we made one, I'm sure it would be a fucking. Oh, well, I'm sure it wouldn't even be made. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, your brother has seen it. I'm pretty sure, and he likes it. But uh, um. Well, he, yeah, well, I've seen the type of movies Alex. Well, well, you know. But also, well, but also, Alex is a. <laughs> Probably fair to say, Red Letter Media super fan. I think he watches everything they do. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, he would like it. I also do, uh, and I have never Did been able like to bring it? myself to finish Space Cop. <laughs> I, I've watched. I watched ninety percent of their the stuff. Of like, I'm a pretty big fan of theirs, but I've never seen it. So, not to get on a tangent here, get off track. Is it? Is it legitimately bad? Like they really tried and like. It no, didn't turn so out well, or were the things where they're just like, we underestimated how much work this is. We have to kind of like tone down everything we wanted to do, and that made it worse. That to some extent, I think. I think mostly it was like mixed, um, mixed. I don't know the execution of like um, how much of a real movie it was supposed to be. So it's sort of um, the tone is them like being a little satirical and and playing it like it's a, a cheap bad b movie so like the sets are you know cheaply constructed and the costumes are you know store-bought and you know the dialogue even is sort of like um intentionally silly uh but the problem well, is they're, like they when the you only have it? that the level of ability or budget to actually do that level of you know execution on all those fronts then it's not like funny that you're also trying to be funny about that like trying to satirize movies like bad movies by making a bad okay yeah that's the way to put it they were trying to satirize bad movies by making a bad movie and they made a bad movie but like it was a real one (laughs) 
Right, right. Because usually what makes bad movies good is that they're genuine in their attempt. Yes, they, you know, exactly. They fall short, right. So there's a feeling of like, yeah, in, in genuine effort. Um, and also it was clearly very difficult for them to make it. Like it took a long time and uh, they were struggling to put the stuff they wanted in there, like you said. Um, so it just, I just, it, it just didn't reach the level. And it was also like the tone was sort of like one of their skits. And I think that doesn't really work for a feature film where you're trying to take it more seriously or at least get like sort of invested right. into it. I didn't see this movie either, but it sounds like a pretty similar story. Didn't the, the angry video game nerd, he had a, a movie come out and it, it didn't, wasn't that, I mean, obviously it wasn't going to be reviewed well in the, the general populace, but even among the fans, I don't think it was. In yeah, it wasn't very good. I did watch that one. Uh, I've seen that it, one too, it, it didn't blow the world away or anything like that, but it was like competent enough for him that I think a lot of people right. just don't I mean, I don't know what really yeah, I don't know what people are really expecting like yeah, that. Just, uh, but yeah, like it was okay. Um, we'll see. A24 is certainly um, a production studio that comes with a certain pedigree for most of their films and Kojima is a, a guy I respect a lot. Um, I I totally agree with everybody's hesitation about the idea of a Death Stranding movie though. We'll see. And like the actors, we'll what are they going to do with that? That's I think that's the biggest right. question to me, because everyone's playing themselves or you know, uh, modeled to look yeah. like themselves. So where they get everyone back? No, I, I mean it, it, I don't think it'll be a, I don't think it'll be a retelling of the game at all. I think it'll be a totally different story. Personally, we'll we'll see. I prefer that. Yeah, I mean based on Kojima's word, that sounds like what he is interested in doing. But we'll see. Hmm. The day before developer Fantastic shut down less than a week after a game's launch. Yes, we're talking about the day before, even though I'm sure everybody has heard about it. But uh, day before came out, it was immediately uh, critically panned. Um, nobody liked it. Um, it was potentially a straight up lie. I, well, it, it, I guess it depends on the word. I mean, lie. it was straight up lie as to the genre of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it. I guess it was a straight up lie. Like they said, it was an MMO, and it turned out Which to be an extraction looter, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. What they, yeah, for however long, you know, a year, two years, it's been advertised. It was, it was supposed to be an MMO, and then I, I don't even think they even said it. People just caught on after they bought it. They're like, I mean, you start in like a little hub area, you know, and then it's like, all right, go out into the you know wherever the city's called. And then as soon as you get there, you're in a random place, and yeah, the person's like, don't forget to get to the extraction zone. And then it's very clear that you are you are playing like a a, a non-working version of Tarkov. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, and they're... Um, straight up, everybody who bought that game was refunded, including people who didn't ask for one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, even if you had over two hours, if you didn't ask for it, they just... Um, I think Steam even covered those refunds, maybe. Um, well, I'm sure Steam would at least make sure that people are whole. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think the I studio's saw that. Gone. Uh, yeah, the studio's gone. I think I saw that the the two lead guys, like the brothers who were in, 
doing like the update videos and they were they're in charge of the whole project they're like in the wind (laughs) they're just gone um and the biggest lingering question for me is like what did the what the fuck did they get out of this whole experience i mean i don't think it was it couldn't have been like a planned scam that just you know failed on the last step because it's like you could see this coming from a mile away i don't understand why what they thought was going to happen did they think they were going to make like the wrong game and then even after all the backlash like they'd still make their money and people wouldn't feel cheated they just had such delusion i mean see you see it happen all the time right like not maybe not a case this dramatic but that a game is released in a compromised state but it develops enough of a following that people defend it um and maybe even the game gets a uh, to bounce back and become better again you know what i mean like yeah I could see a certain type of person feeling pressure, and this is me trying to, I don't even know if you would call it charitable, but like what's maybe the most positive way one could look at it. A certain type of person wants to make a really cool game. They get people involved. They get investors. Uh, All of a sudden, they have deadlines, and they're accountable to things. And that kind of person, when push comes to shove, doesn't know how to handle their dream clearly not really working out. And so they just try to just keep moving forward, hoping it's just kind of all going to come together. And hey, yeah. even if it doesn't all come together all the way, like look at this other guy. They they released that game. It was shit. And they got like an extra two years to make it better. And nobody remembers, you know? Like, uh, I think, yeah. And then moving the game forward. came out and it was completely universally hated. And it just, <laughs> yeah, totally fell apart moving forward and just hoping it comes together i think is like by far the most salient point because they had made games previous to this you know that they were shit but they were still like complete games that came out and sold and they were fine um and i think this one just completely broke these guys because of the like the whole most wishlisted game on steam or whatever it was like yeah the, the expectation the popularity the buzz i think that totally broke these guys they just messed with their minds and they were no, scrambling. Like, it's almost like they all because they they were putting out like uh, shit on Twitter, like uh, to all the trolls that are, are saying this is a scam. Uh, <laughs> this one's for you. We're gonna prove you wrong, and you're gonna be embarrassed. They like quadrupled down multiple times on this, and 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 people were like, still, it's a scam. And what do you know? There it is. I think they it's thought that release releasing a game at all would prove the trolls wrong. <laughs> right. Even yeah, though it's the wrong you, game look at the, and a bad one. The footage of, like, you know, the, the first stuff they showed. I mean, even, I, I think there was probably about four or five trailers. And in each one, you know, no exaggeration, it's progressively downgraded in, like, terms of, of graphics, in terms of, like, enemy count. It's yes. like they started the bar, the bar, you know, extremely high, like some fucking PS5. I remember the first trailer, some PS5 looking shit. They were like crazy, like Unreal 5 car physics. They were driving through the mud and the mud was reacting and stuff. And then like the next trailer kind of looked like The Division. And then like slowly it started looking like DayZ. And now it, it looks like what it does now. So I, I mean, it's hard to say it wasn't a scam on some level. Well, there no, 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 was a scam, point, I think, is that. It the was a scam. was so misleading that it was a scam. Absolutely. It, it absolutely right. was People a scam. It's just, it's it, the way that the scam played out is so audacious that 
it's so it's hard to believe. Well, not even that it's hard to believe, but like it, if this is a scam and it is clearly these guys aren't very good con men, which so that's why I like <laughs> I am maybe choosing to interpret it in the line of like these were people who did not set out to deceive and fell into deceiving under the weight of the pressure of what they were doing. Um, not that that yeah. makes it you know, really any better in the end. Like in the end, we were still scammed. Uh, but because I think that developers from their studio, like who worked on the game at different points, uh, they did that thing where they asked for like volunteers all the time, bad, bad business practices, scam shit. But uh, I think there was word from people who worked on the game that was like they were constantly changing their goals, like moving the goalposts as to what they wanted the game to be and changing, taking out and putting in different like features and uh, aspects to the game. So, yeah, I think they were just scrambling the entire time. Yeah. Even though they're probably bad people also. <laughs> I mean, certainly, look, if they're not straight up con men, they have... A, a really unpleasant combination of like naivety, naivety about as like as far as how to make a game, and arrogance, and thinking <laughs> that they would get away with this. You know what I mean? It is a, a yeah. fairly arrogant position to think that like to know how shit your game is, and to think it's going to be all turn out all right. It well, it, they it's got the coward thing to just... do at the end of the day, right? Like when you realize that it's not working out. This is a case, maybe, of people who were just completely unable to admit to themselves that it wouldn't work out to such an insane degree that they needed to release the game and have the entire world hate their game and tell them it didn't work out. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. They've gotten away, but not with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, hard to believe that... The, you know, last comment I'll make about it. I wonder, I wonder really if the biggest mistake was the outright genre lie, right? Like, I think if this game was just released as a extraction looter, I think it would probably still be hated, but it might still be alive right now. People would have just been like, oh, it's Flight on the radar. Whatever. Shocking. It's, it was a shitty game. I, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think you're on to something. Because there. I think, and I'm a lawyer, but I get, I, I, as soon as I was reading, that it was actually an extraction looter, not an MMO. And like people were like posting screenshots to the Steam page and like saying what it is, what it, what it, and then showing what it really isn't. And that was like day one. I was like, how, how did they do this? Like they're just going to get sued, right? And then like two days later, everybody's getting refunds. Like, yeah, they realized they're going to get sued for that. <laughs> you can't just, especially in today's climate with the uh, EU regulations kind of leading the way, that you can't just like, fucking lie about what the game literally is like there's there's a certain amount of deceitful gray area the developers love playing into publishers i should say love playing into that, that's fair game but like outright saying oh this is a racing game and it turns out to be a shooting game or something you know what i mean you, you can't just do that it's a literal bait and switch mm -hmm. it's too far yeah the heck with them e3 is officially dead E3 has been permanently canceled. ESA has announced it, put a put a fork in, and it's done. It's never going to come back. Play um, the taps. Yeah, I mean, look, e E3 has been our beloved relative who's been slowly dying of cancer um, for the last few years. So there's there's the feeling of a, <sighs> okay. 
I don't know that I like that analogy because we've been laughing at it every yeah, single year. I wasn't a fan <laughs> of the analogy, but I get it. But you know what I mean by that analogy. Like, it's not, this is not a surprise. Maybe we did like that relative too much. Yeah. It, it has been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. In different ways over the years. We, and now we just get, not, it's, it's not, if anything, E3 is just turned into the summer of Keeley. Yeah, I guess I'm not that worried because I think there's always going to be something there, right? It's going to be, there's always a summer game fest and you know, they did it last year. Everyone now has their own little conference in uh, June. Yep. They're directs, all of them. IGN reached out to several developers to relate their TGA speeches that we didn't get to hear. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, one, I don't want to get too much on any tangents. Flask, I don't know if you have any kind of um, comments specifically about these. But one thing that I picked up on is that there were a few pretty politically charged acceptance speeches, which yeah. totally fine. I, you know, in my opinion, that that's your that's your uh, right. But I think it would have been a really interesting Game Awards if we had seen a developer talking about Palestine and Israel and what's going on in Gaza uh, after accepting uh, best music, Hi-Fi Rush or something like that. It would have been a really weird situation for the industry, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what you're supposed to like take away from that if that were to happen. Like, okay, okay yeah. I mean, the people who agree, agree. And, but it's just like, it's a platform, you know? <laughs> you got up on a literal platform and spoke your, your piece. With this kind of thing, I think I respect the developers who just stick by the numbers of just thanking the people um, that helped along the way and the fans you know you know there's a lot of yeah that's the point of the the a million fancy ways to do it i'm kind of glad we didn't get any of those weird seven species be a little awkward did you have any comment about any of these in particular uh i don't think so too much because this isn't even like comprehensive i think this is just like the ones they they could get um there were there were other outlets that had others i saw okay okay but yeah, like it's just it's I think it's a nice gesture to be able to show these off because I do think there should have been more of them at the actual awards. Um but it you know, it's it's a it's a wholesome thing to have, be able to really uh be grateful, express your your great gratitude and uh express thanks to the people who helped on the game. Yeah. When you played the game Bobby Kotick, after what, 25 years, something like that? I'm sure the number is in here somewhere, uh, is leaving Activision. He's gone. Yes, He's gone. everybody clap your hands. Yes, yes. Burn no. in hell. Good riddance. Who's going to replace Oh, you know who's going to replace him? Who cares? Them? Literally, who cares? You know, John. It's Microsoft. <laughs> Well, well, that's true, right? They did buy him, but like, is so are they just kind of getting folded like in completely, or yep. are they? I mean, this is this is actually in my in my view very standard fare. Um, company is purchased. There's a long uh, transition period where the acquisition happens, uh, and usually 
at some point, the executive team on the company is let go because they're not needed anymore. They're, they're, there's a different executive team that already exists in this new company ready to run it. You know what I mean? Um, the CEO exiting during... That was kind of a clumsy way to say, but the CEO exiting during an acquisition is very standard course. Uh, I don't, I don't know who's yeah, going to replace yeah. him, but I'm sure it's going to be some Microsoft guy. The article is talking mostly about Matt Booty taking on more responsibility in multiple, uh, you know, fields. I know that name. <laughs> multiple places. He's he's a my, my big big Microsoft guy. He's a president. Uh, overseeing Bethesda's Microsoft. Okay. Okay. I guess he's been the Microsoft handler for the. Now he's game also content and Bethesda. studios president. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. Uh. Good range, Bobby Cody. Rest in shit, you miserable fuck. Good riddance, you well, asshole. I mean, I'm glad. I well, I mean, at least they did. They let him off with a few million dollars. Uh, he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He golden parachute. Him, no, I feel. I feel I pretty like, comfortable. He did saying, have a nice parachute. I feel pretty comfortable saying rest in shit, Bobby Cody. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I'm saying like. He's really faced no comeuppance and probably nope. won't for his entire life until he gets hit by a car. Or if, unless he gets hit by a car. If anything, every one of his decisions that we've ever yelled at him about has made him more money than any of us will ever see in our lifetime. And then yep. as he's leaving, he was given a $15 million uh, golden parachute. Yeah. Nice what a lovely style. little gesture. Oh, so nice for Bobby Cody. You guys sound like <laughs> haters right now, bro. I, oh, sorry. I, sorry. If, if there's one Bobby Codicator, it's me. If there's no Bobby Codicators, that's because I'm dead. Shit. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, Steam is adding some interesting features to the client. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe it. Uh, shopping cart updates and private games. Uh, there's... You guys need to hide your for games. the shopping cart update. You probably, I'm gonna see what you probably the most interesting bit of it is that it allows you to private purchase. Uh, so you know, if you're a gamer like me, you're inundated daily by these sexy ass horny games that you just want to play, um, and you want to do nothing but play them. But you can't for the social humiliation, the cost that you pay to your friends who can see you playing it. Yeah, uh, imagine having that. I can't. Literally can't. But, uh, you know, shame no further. You can now just buy that privately. Your friends never know you own it. Unfortunately, the freakiest person we know, Greg, is not ever embarrassed. So uh, he'll just no, do I'll it just out of the it open. And play he doesn't it. care. Why do you care what people think about you? Who Why the do you fuck care? cares? Um, buy your video game who cares that feature extends to just in general now they're allowing you to uh, mark games as private so nobody will be able to see that you own the game that you have any stats achievements playtime first game I'm be. doing that too is Starfield <laughs> I've never I've never played that game I I I'm, I I don't know uh, okay well let me let me state my opinion on this in, in two tiers first off clearly a good feature that's going to, you know, it's a general positive to me because it's just more functionality. I don't intend on ever using it, but hats off. More options, yeah. Secondly, I more options. Secondly, I won't judge good. people who do choose to hide that stuff. But I, frankly, I, I don't really get it. I mean, maybe if you're a, a 
a, a popular personality of sort, but not sure what I, I wouldn't do it because I don't understand my benefit to hiding things, I guess is the way I'm phrasing it. I could see it. Uh, I'm probably the closest person to like ever using this feature in this group here. Um, and that would just be because like, I, 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 I like being like really in control of my presence wherever I go. And so like having, being constantly online connected to everything, I could see how that would be like invasive to some people. And so they've been using steam and they're like, uh, they feel anxiety about it because they, you know, they they don't have that control of of what other people see about their life essentially <laughs> like i know it's just games but uh, i spent 500 hours on life. this what are people going to think when they see that yeah something like that um so i could see it being useful to people who just want more you know uh yeah more control of of what other people see about them it's probably reasonable when have any of you use these features as I said, I'd I probably be the closest to hear me when they see my well, yeah. fifteen hundred hours in binding advisor. Sorry, Flash, I, yeah, I mean I everybody really else. Wouldn't... You've already given your opinion. Oh, okay. I mean, I really don't like like you guys know. I don't really give a shit what people think about me. I mean, it's a good good thing, yeah. If you want it, like you said, better options. But I'm not, I'm not buying anything that I one that's I'm not gonna buy any of those weird porn games anymore. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Not I have nothing. I I have nothing to feel weird about uh, for my decisions with my games. Well, the kind of head scratcher is that it's coming out now as a feature. It's like I've been using Steam for twenty years more. God, yeah, it's a long time. No, less, but yeah, twenty like twenty years, and the feature has not been available all that time. So, uh, will I start using it now all of a sudden? I don't know. Somebody. Um, more savvy than me can maybe write in about whether you've noticed any other launcher with this feature. Maybe Steam is uh, ensuring they have feature parity to a competitor or something. I don't know. I don't know that much because like... Are there any other competitors to Steam? I have games I mean, on a lot of different have, platforms. Like, Epic, but... I guess there's well, not there's really like because like... I f- well, there there is. That's, there are other launchers, the but... This is specifically but Steam is just the best. Well, this is specifically a social ecosystem feature that I don't think a social ecosystem exists on any of the other launchers in, in a significant way, except arguably the Xbox launcher, right? Yeah, and they, I mean they have like friends and stuff on uh, like UPlay and EA sure, and all like those that, but, most uh, of those people have hate something those, like so that. they don't use them. But yeah, I mean, I would get yeah, Andy. I would agree with you. I would say Steam is the thing that was. T- First Steam would probably be like the Xbox, uh, like a uh, community thing. Yeah. Uh, and last I think that's bolstered like almost artificially by the, how many games we play on Game Pass because it's such a good deal, you know. Like for sure, I think if if it was a normal right. competitor to Steam, it wouldn't it wouldn't approach Steam. Okay, final story of the evening. NCSoft has officially granted Homecoming a license to host City of Heroes. Um, frankly, I'm not sure how significant this really is because as far as I've known, NCSoft and Homecoming have um, always had a, a fairly uh, uh, pleasant relationship. Home- NCSoft has been aware of Homecoming running 
unlicensed custom City of Heroes servers long after the official servers have shut down and haven't done anything about it. Um, so beyond just kind of solidifying that friendly relationship into a legal partnership, I'm not sure what advantage this gives the City of Heroes. John, you're you're a big fan of this game. They even you- say in in the FAQ, they say, can NCSoft still demand that Homecoming shuts down? And the answer is yes. NCSoft has always had and will continue to have the right to demand that Homecoming shuts down. So like you said, they, it's always been understood, you know? Yeah, I'm no law dog. Um, but yeah, the way I, yeah, I just understood it is it's it's slightly more legitimate now. Like before, they they could have squashed them for completely you know, no reason whatsoever. I guess maybe even you, I don't know if you use the word illegal, but I don't know how that stuff works. Um, and now there's just like a, like a recognized agreement. Yeah. You could say like unauthorized unauthorized. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't, they don't think they own anything, right? They just like got a license to, to use the, or an agreement to use the license, so just I guess they're kind of like renting it, right? Yeah, well, that, that's all a license that's what it looks is, like. right? It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do um, say, so yeah, under, it just like, seems like now our... it's just slightly more legitimate. I mean, then, yeah, I don't, I mean, because they were already kind of producing uh, new content for it, so yeah, I mean, I don't really know how, how things would change, like on that end. Does this possibly? That's why I'm a little bit worried for them. Go ahead. Sorry. Because um, because under like the financial implications, they don't really they say like, well, our overheads will increase slightly for the license and we'll be increasing our donation targets, you know, to, to cover that. And we'll have some legal costs for, you know, updates to documentation. Uh, and we might explore alternate hosting, which might change our costs for that. It's like so. All that's really changing is like you're more under the oversight of the company that was already pretty much cool with you, but now you have to pay more <laughs> to pay more money out. That's hmm. yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing I can think of is like the difference now is they don't have to go to sleep, like wake, you know, thinking they could wake up any morning and the game could be shut down because yeah. NCSoft, you know, woke up ornery. I'm sure it's this way, you know, there's probably you know, communication at least. You know, if they did decide to do that, they'd probably give them some sort of warning now or at least talk to them about it ahead of time. I guess it's peace of mind, but yeah, I wonder how much that's worth, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, one one factor maybe I'm kind of reading into here, but there's a question. Um, there's a couple questions. What does this deal mean for other servers that aren't homecoming? NCSoft has granted homecoming limited license. Other servers are out of scope. Wasn't Homecoming working with some other servers? Our hope is that our license will help us consolidate our user base with Cities of Heroes fans from other servers. It seems like implicitly written in here is the idea that because now they are the licensed server, they will have an uptick in popularity. I don't know how popular the City of Heroes custom server scenes are, but clearly there's there's other ones that aren't these guys. Maybe they're kind of hoping that donation targets and stuff that are increasingly met because they'll be able to get some uh, paying members from those other servers. I don't know if that's part of the idea. If so, and if that really is the logic, completely agree with Flask that seems like a situation where one could certainly bought off more than they can chew. 
And you got to wonder Maybe how those other more sinister route, feel. Maybe they're having talks with, you know, NCSoft and maybe they're like, hey, we'll be, you know, the official server uh, and maybe we'll see in the future, maybe NCSoft will start going after these, you know, quote unquote, non-official servers. I don't know. Right. That, that's, that's kind of a scary place to be in. And look, I don't even know what NCSoft does, right? Like they, they made City of Heroes, but I don't know what they're doing now. Uh, they still have some MMOs going on. They, they do. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if that, that's possible though, John. And I thought that same thing. I, I hesitate to say it because like, what does NCSoft have to gain from devoting money into that legal, right? Like they, they've abandoned City of Heroes, but you, you might have a point. I hope not. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's just me being, uh, you know, okay. uh, yeah. It reminds me of what I said earlier about uh, like modders being hired and then much more limited than they were beforehand. Right. Um, right. How, you know, there, once you're official, or restrictions may be imposed. For sure. Hey, I think that's it. I think that's the podcast. I think we did it all. I feel like I thought that was more of a positive thing before I started talking. About it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like I, I talked myself into being more cynical about it. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting thing uh, because I think that in order to get the license in the first place, it, it means either they really wanted the license and why, and so they kept asking for it, or NCSoft decided to grant them a license, which them doing that is them saying like, Hey, we're still cool, but you, you hear the rules that we've decided now that you have to follow. Um, yeah. And that's NCSoft's legal, right? But it, but it just goes to the concerns you were saying earlier, Flask about it's going to cost more money now to do this free thing. Yeah. Apparently homecoming is intending to file as a nonprofit organization as well. We'll see how that goes. Okay. But that's the podcast. That's that's the news. That's everybody's roundtable. We managed somehow to bang out a badass podcast even without Vito here. Congratulations, everybody. Wow. Not, Not bad. bad. Not bad. Thank you for joining us this week and for every week that you join us. I appreciate it. Uh, look for us next week where I think we might get around to doing the 2024 releases. Really, I, I would have rather do it this episode, but it's kind of a thing that, that feels best when we're all here. You know what I mean? I want Vito's opinions, yeah. too. Yeah, sure. Unless fun. he's not here next week. Then yeah, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, it's been 2024. We're like, we got to, you know, we just got to bang it out. You have to write him off for a whole so year. So true. Yeah. At a certain point. Okay. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.